What's up guys, welcome back to the Moritor Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Elish Barboza. If you're new here, we are the number one Moritor podcast around, so make sure you hit the follow button now. Each week we cover fight tips, training tips, fight strategies, and we have interviews with some of the top fighters around the world. Whether you're a beginner just starting out in Muay Thai and you want to learn something new or you're a complete Muay Thai addict and you're just interested in everything Muay Thai, there's going to be something new each week that you're going to take from these, these talks. Don't forget as well, if you don't already, follow us on our social media, which is at Muay Thai Magic on Instagram and it will be the same on our Facebook. And if you want to follow my personal journey within the sport, um, it's at Ellis Barboza on Instagram. Okay, so in this week's chat, I spoke to Yakao Sign fighter Spencer Brown. There was loads of stuff that we touched on in this talk. It was a real good one, um, including his time in Thailand, how that came about, some experiences training with the, the best in the world, like Singdam and Sanchai. And we spoke about how he earned the respect of the Thais over there um, and how he became part of a little bit of a family among his uh, fellow training partners at the Yakao Training Center. As I said guys, this was a real good one. So if you enjoy it, make sure you share it on your Instagram story and tag us in it. Right then, let's get into it. Easy bro. Right, How we doing? Yes. <laughs> How's things going mate? How's lockdown? Just about fed up now, aren't I? think same as ever. I was alright until maybe last week when I got a bit too stir crazy. And I just wanted You're to get I was alright until maybe last week, and then I got yeah. a bit stuck crazy, and I, I just know, wanted man. to get out, maybe go to a gym or something, have a bag, that's all I need. So what are you thinking about? Yeah, have you been doing much training um, during the lockdown? Yeah, I've been, well, I've been going out running. I, ordered, I bought a pair of dumbbells eventually. I got a pair of dumbbells, cost me fucking fortune. So I got, <laughs> a pair of, got me a pair of dumbbells, so I've been working about with that, and uh, yeah. a bunch of bodyweight stuff, but just enough to keep myself going. But not like an everyday sort of regimented thing. My whole thing right now is just to kind of chill. And if I want to train, then I'll train. If I don't, then I don't need to. I'm not going to. Yeah. Nice yeah, and relaxed. A bit more balanced in my life, yeah. So you're in the UK at the moment then? Yeah, yeah. I'm in, back in Scotland. I'm at home. Family. Yeah, how long have you been back? Fuck. Uh, since late October, November. Oh, have you? Yeah, still getting yeah. fucking apartment out there. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. in, the in my head, I thought I was going to be coming back in January. I thought this was yeah. going to be like a two-month thing. All right, come back, sorted. And <laughs> it's going to be fucking June in a couple of days. Yeah. Do you, when do you reckon you'll be going to go back, back over there then? It just depends on when the, the borders open up. If the borders if the borders open up, then I'll get the first flight out, basically. You're going straight back over, yeah. yeah I'm gonna, well, I'm just going to go straight back out and then clean my apartment and then I'm going to be heading back out at the moment. Um until this is all cleared up so yeah. we can see what's happening. So I'm spending more time at home. The climate seems to help with the, the flashes and stuff like that. They, when I get too hot, like in severe heat, they, they flare up quite a bit. So yeah, keep cold at the moment. The nightmare that is, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. A few people have asked about that, that injury that you've got going <laughs> on. Um, first of all, um, before we get into like the details of your career, if someone mm-hmm. was just to ask who Spencer Brown is, um, how would you best describe yourself? <laughs> oh, shit. Never actually <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> Just a normal guy, really. Um, yeah. I'm not like it. I get a lot of people that I'll speak to and then they've thought, one, they've thought something of me before actually meeting me 
and then they went, oh, you're not anything I expected, you know? Yeah. They, they have a preconception of who I am and what I'm going to be like because of what I do for a living or X, Y, and Z. But they don't yeah. actually see what kind of person I am. I'm just just a normal guy. Just try to do my best, the same as everyone else. Um, I found something that I like to do and I don't half-ass things, so I go all at it. But, I mean, if you were to walk past me in the street, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Just a normal, yeah. normal dude. Sweet. Okay. Um. And then you just want to explain a little bit about your achievements and your accolades within the sport. Mm -hmm. So, like your record and and some of your notable fights. Right. Well, I've had what twenty twenty eight fights, I think. Yeah. At least twenty eight fights, twenty two wins, six losses. I think nine KOs. About five of which have been four have been body shots, or to the body. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hence why that kind of got came about. Um, I got my first European title in 2017 in Spain against um, oh shit, I can't remember his name. Um, in Almeria, I can't remember his name. Sorry, it was an ISK European title. Um, I just got a call randomly one day, and uh, I wasn't really training for anything, and um, went on fights. And uh, I was spending some time at home after being out in Thailand. And um, I was home for maybe about a month. And I was going to be home for a bit. And they offered me this fight. So went and got that. Won it. Um, that was at 61 kilos. And yeah. uh, it was a bit of a... Getting down to the weight was fine. The the whole weigh-in and stuff like that was a bit of a shambles. They, were just, they put me in a, a room with no scales, no nothing. And then told me to weigh, like, weigh in that afternoon. That was at night. It was like 8 o'clock at night. And uh, I had to lie in this tiny little bath, and then we—I was just like sweat myself out. <clears throat> had nowhere to check my, the scales, so I had to walk. We had to walk down the street, and there was a pharmacy. And we walked in. And there was a scales there, so I just like told them to turn around, and I <laughs> took my scans off, stood in the scales, and I was like, and it said I was overweight as well. But thankfully, I didn't eat or drink anything. I got in wrong weight, won that, and then my second one was 2019, ah, January 2019 in Italy. Touring, and I won that WBC European title against Luca Roma. Um, so those are the two titles I've got. But I don't, I don't really consider them much because they're not world titles. They're just two European titles. Any, everyone in the granny's got a belt now. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't faze me at all. Um, as soon as I got it, my mum was like, "Right, we're going to put it up in the in the wall. We're going to get it enough a fucking." cabinet or something like that. I just put it in my my wardrobe. Chucked in, closed the door. <laughs> it's it's always a yeah, it's already done. It's past, you know. I mean, if I look at this too much and I just start blowing my blowing smoke up my own arse, you know, and I go, oh fuck, I'm really good. Look at this. This is quite nice, isn't it? That's mine. And I go, look at you. You don't have that. That's not good for anyone. I'm not going to get any better. And I'm just going to be thinking that I'm the big I am. When everyone, yeah. I go down the street, and someone's got one as, as well. I had a WWE one when I was younger, and it looked just the same thing. <laughs> So, until it's a world title, then I'll be a bit more concerned about it. Yeah, it's more credible. Okay, yeah. um, so where where did it all start for you with with Muay Thai? Um, have you always wanted to sort of be a fighter when you was younger? Or was it just something that you sort of fell upon? I wanted to box when I was younger. I've always wanted to box. You've watched Rocky and, and um, Bruce Lee and stuff like that. I would just to watch that. And I always wanted to box. I just wanted to straight up box. Um, yeah. Where I'm from, there's quite a few boxing gyms about. It's just some hard, hard boys. 
kicking about, getting to street fights or whatever, and um, and I could do okay, <laughs> and uh, and I wanted to box, but the mother wouldn't let me. She would say, "No, oh, no, 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 don't want to mess up that face." And all this <laughs> shit. But then she would quite happily chuck me in again in a rugby game against these six foot monsters, and they get destroyed. Did you get more injuries from rugby than tie boxing? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Hundred percent, get more injuries from tie boxing. I'd do that every week as well, and I'd come out with more injuries every single week. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was starting to do a bit well in my, my tie boxing, and I was coming into the gym, a bit fucking banged up and sore, or big stud marks down my legs and stuff like this. And um, I went here. I need to pick between the two, you know. And I wasn't going to go into doing rugby at the moment, uh, so I just played it in high school, and I was a bit too aggressive for my own good. So they just <laughs> told me they were like. Yeah. I was like, right, okay, I'm leaving this, I'm going off. But I, I'd always wanted, I've always been into like contact sports and being real physical. Um, I did karate when I was eight until I was about 12. And yeah. then I did gymnastics. So it was always individual sports. I didn't particularly enjoy being in teams. I didn't like relying on other people. And I didn't like other people having to like fully rely on me or whatever. I liked the camaraderie, but I didn't like having to. If someone was slacking off, I had to go in and pick them up. I wanted to keep going. But um, eventually, I was in a train going to school. And one of my, one of the guys I got the train with was going to Thai boxing for fitness. Yeah. So I convinced, I convinced the mother that, all right, my mate's going, let me go with him. I'll just be just be a one-time thing, just, just for some fitness. I knew well and truly that I was going there and I was wanting to go and fight and everything. I was going to turn up being like, right, get me a fight. And uh, yeah. so I went one day, it was on Wednesday, I remember it was on Wednesday, it was quite like today, it was sunny, and I remember wrapping, I had fucking wraps that I'd bought, and I was like shit myself, wrapping my hands in my room, because I was terrified of going to the gym, <laughs> what it was going to be like, and it was just a little community centre with some judo mats, real, real, just like, just hard work, and uh, but there was some good, good fighters in there, and uh, yeah. I just worked this little unit and made it into a gym, and uh, but that was about seven and a half years ago. Okay. So that was it. First one day after school, I went to the gym and then decided that that's what I'm doing. Addicted straight away, yeah. yeah. Uh, how long after that then was it that you had your first fight? Eight weeks. Pretty old. That's about, soon. About, about eight weeks, I think it was. It was right um, in the deep end. Yeah. And because uh, I remember I said to one of the boys that was fighting, because one of the guys pulled me aside, one of the fighters, because. I was hitting the pads while we were sparring. <laughs> I was trying to knock everyone out and sparring. And uh, he pulled well, me aside. Nothing's changing. I've seen yeah. videos of you. <laughs> yeah, no, where do you think I got it from? And uh, he pulled me aside and told me to hit his hand. And I went, what do you mean hit your hand? And he was like, hit my hand. So I hit his hand, but not properly. So I lamped his hand. He went, fucking hell. And I was only 14. And I was tiny at the time. I was like quite small kid, quite skinny. Yeah. But I was strong because I did gymnastics and that. And um, I was explosive. And then everyone didn't, just saw this tiny wee kid, but then when I'd hit them, they'd go, oh, fuck, right. So he pulled me aside and was like, right, he's got power and he's got aggression, but he just needs to, like, tighten up a bit. Yeah. And then they just started working on me, and I went to one of the guys thinking he'd get me a fight, and I went, I just say to them, said to my coach, Scott Russell, at the time, and, uh, can I get a fight? And I went, right, sorted. I think within two weeks or something, we had the show. And um, <laughs> it was in, in Johnson, Johnson down, Town Hall in, in Scotland and uh, the first ever Thai boxing fight I've ever watched was the one before me 
And I stood there and like, on, on all the gear and I looked at the ring and I, went, and I saw them doing that. I went, ah, right, that's what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> I can understand yeah. that. I didn't know what the fuck I was going in. I was just going in for a fight. I didn't know what it was like. Yeah. And the boy, the boy weighed, weighed in seven kilos heavy. I was 50 kilos. He was 57 kilos. It was seven or eight kilos. He was big talking. And, um, which got still good mates on now, uh, David Rocky. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just thought, he was overweight and he went, do you still want to fight? And I went, of course, like I'm here now, I'm going to do it. Right, okay, in you go. And I get the shit kicked out of me for five rounds. He just grabbed a hold of me and just started kneeing me. And I'm standing yeah. there, like, curling up like this, going, what the fuck's going on? Try, and I can't, I can't punch him in the face. So that's my whole game gone. Yeah. And Because uh, they were saying, like, why don't we just take the headgears off? Because it was, I was under 16, I was 14 years old. 14, 15. And uh, you can't hit to the head at that point. And... Uh, they were like, take the headgears off and let's go headshot so I can at least try and knock them out. They wouldn't do it. Um, that was just us between the team. And I got the shit kicked out of me for five rounds. I got a, I got a standing eight count because I was just taking too many knees and not doing anything. I think in the third round, whatever it was. And I uh, lost the fight. Fucking worst feeling in my entire life. I remember walking into the school the, the next day and everyone turning around. Well, the on the Monday and everyone turned around and then like giggling and speaking all oh, how was the how was the weekend and stuff like that. So I made a promise to myself like really, that's never fucking happening again. Yeah. It's worst feeling ever that is. Yeah. Well, fought the weekend later they said you want to fight the next weekend. I went, Yep, cool. Fought the weekend later, kicked the shit out of the boy and uh, and battered him completely. Won the fight, walked into school the next day, and then they all turned around and went Psh, silence. Yeah. And I just <laughs> fucking right. Fucking never happen again and I didn't lose I didn't lose until I didn't lose I think until I fought Sam Brooker when I was 16 mm -hmm. uh, that's what then got me onto Yorker so that was uh, maybe about a year two two and a bit years yeah yeah okay um so that leads me on to the next bit really the, the big thing that everyone asks about with you is mm. the whole the whole Yorker sponsorship Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really big thing to do at such a young age. Um, so how did that, that come about in the first place? How old, how old was you as well when it happened? Well, I was 16 when I got the, the call to fight on the show. Yeah. I was uh, I was supposed to be, I was fighting on a show, Power of Scotland. I was supposed to be, uh, I think I was, I was, I was number one in Scotland at the time at 55 kilos. Yeah. I was supposed to be defending the, the spot. And uh, the boy pulled out. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, a boy pulled, uh, they found a match for me. And um, I had just been to Yorkow a couple of weeks before that day, a couple, well, maybe a month or two before it was maybe the October show. I fought the boy in November, so it was maybe a couple of weeks. And um, we watched, it was Sam Baruka against, well, I can't remember his name. Um, I think it was Isaac when he was younger. And um, Isaac Taylor, I think, I think it might have been him. And they were at 53 kilos, and I was fighting 55 at this point, and a few of the guys were saying to me, that might, you might be in there in a couple of years, fighting them, a couple of years, I went, right. In my head, I wasn't thinking a couple of years, but they were saying maybe two years, I went, right, okay. I had it in my head. The first time I went to Yorka, we'd, we'd watched the fight standing up in seven, uh, fucking for seven hours, and, and that was when I went, right, well, I'm fighting on this show, this is what I want to do. So I already had my eyes set on Yorka when I, when I, um, started the sport I wasn't long in it as well and um, so I fought I fought Sam 
in, on Power of Scotland, 55 kilos, and we had a had an all-out war. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, I bet tell you what, when they, they called, my, my coach called me, I was in my geography class doing fuck all because it was... I wasn't concerned with it, and um, I got the a ring and I went right. I'm going to the toilet, and I looked at my phone. He went right to fight in San Bruca. I went, can we just watch him fight in Yorkham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no problem. It's no problem. And I was like, how many fights is he had? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I had like five at this point. Five fights. It was my no. It was my fifth fight on Yorkham, yeah. and um, so I had four fights at this point. So no, three. So I was fighting him my fourth fucking fight, right? <laughs> e like, class fight, and because uh, Yorkham was my fifth fight. <laughs> my fourth fight and I went I'm looking him up and stupidly fucking looked him up in the in the fucking toilets in school and his profile picture I'll never forget it he's standing there like this on one belt here 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 and I'm sitting there going holy fuck I'm gonna get shit kicked out of myself so I'm shit myself I went right okay fight him no worries rocked up we had the big war full place went wild it was a Let's say a controversial decision, and um, and uh, Brian Calder was judging it. He was one of the judges, and he said, "Well, I want that fight on my show." So Brian Calder calls my my coach Scott Russell. Will Spencer fight, but they will only fight fifty three and a half kilos because they saw I was a big fifty five kilo fighter, and um, they said they would only fight me if I would fight fifty three and a half. Because obviously he wanted to de- dehydrate me and wilt, wilt me down. Yeah. Because uh, Sam hadn't really cut much weight for that fight. And I cut a bit, but not too much. And um, so I went, right, okay. And I, <laughs> I got the call just as I was about to go and get a packet of crisps. <laughs> and I uh, went and got a packet of crisps, got the call, fighting in Yorkow, 53 and a half kilos. I went, oh shit. So I chucked the, the crisps away and then just started studying nutrition. I was like, well, I need to get this weight down one way or another. And I'm not just going to do it in a stupid way and just just not eat carbs or whatever and just fucking put a sauna suit on and go and run yeah. and do it properly. I ended up doing it a bit too properly and a bit too strict. I ended up probably giving myself fucking eating disorder as a result because I was that strict on myself. And um, I weighed in at 51.8. Yeah. Ripped to shreds. And uh, I remember the look on him as well because I turns up, he stands on the scales, 53 and a half kilos sorted. And I stand in the scales fifty one point eight. I just look at him, like yeah, motherfucker, this is this is time. You thought I was going to come here and struggle? And yeah. Just, Shit. Right. Okay. Had another war. It was, a, it was a fucking fight and a half. Um, and I just lost that. And uh, it was it was actually my fault as well. I threw a kick and he caught it. And uh, I tried to pop my my hip out, but I wasn't skilled enough at that point to really know what to do. And I just kind of twisted myself, like completely turned and jumped, and ended up decking it. And that lost me the fight. Because I just sweeped him. I just swept him. Whatever. And uh, he got up. And then I kicked him. He, ca- he caught my leg. And then I put myself in the deck. So that lost me the fight. So even though I lost, then Brian asked me to come back again. And then I fought. I fought. Uh, I moved up from 50. No, I had one more fight. 55 kilos. I couldn't do the weight anymore. It was too much of a toll on my body. And um, I was on the sauna for about an hour. Cutting half a kilo. And I won that by um, TKO with low kicks. But um, that was how it started, basically. It was just one one fight in, in Paisley one day. And uh, Brian caught me and um, brought us on the show. And then even though I lost, they still brought us back. Because it doesn't matter how if you win or lose, it's how you fight, you know. 
Yeah. And then Brian was would be was asking around for people like what kind of person am I? Am I am I wee dick and cocky or am I gonna turn that way if I if I was to get sponsored and stuff like that? So he's really like looking at the character of people as well, not just the are you are you a good fighter? It's not just if you're it's not enough just to be a good fighter, you've got to be a proper person at the same time, you've got to hold yourself properly, you know? Because it's not just you don't just get sponsored by your account and you're boom, you're this big thing. If you think that, that's when you get the kit to fuck off, you know? Yeah. So um thankfully I'm not a wee dick and I haven't my head hasn't gotten too big. And um no, but I'm forever grateful for that. I mean, that just changed my life. Yeah. Okay, so so how did um, it come about the move to Thailand? Um, what was that sort of process? How, was you, how old were you as well when that happened? It wasn't much of a process, to be honest. I, I just decided. I, I tend to just decide things and then that's it. Um, yeah. Well, especially when I was younger, when I was a bit more hot-headed and I'm saying that as if I'm 50 years old. I'm fucking 22. I'm like, fuck am I <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I was when I was in my teens, I was I had some tough, tough shit in my head, and uh, I was out there to prove a point, so I was going to do that. And uh, school was a really hard time, pretty badly dyslexic, and anyone that knows me quite well knows how much of a hard well knew me then as well how much of a hard time I was doing that. And I was training, I was fighting on Yorka just before my um, my fifth year exams, so the higher exams, the the hard the proper proper exams. Yeah. And I have to convince my parents, like, wait, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight this person. I'm going to do it before the exams. But whatever I do in the six weeks to eight weeks that I'm going to do in the, for the fight, I'm going to do the same but for my exams. So it's going to be a fight camp but for exams. And that kind of swayed them because they know what I was like as well. But um, I was in school and everyone's applying. So I'm in sixth year and I'm having to still study hard because I'd failed a couple of exams. I'd done really well as well. My, my hires, I got... Uh, a bunch of A's, and um, which was a surprise to everyone, even in the fucking school. I got an award for it because I got an A in English. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad I was. Really? I got an award for character and development for yeah. And uh, what do you call it? It was just sheer luck, probably. And um, I remember sitting in, and everyone's applying to universities and stuff like that. And I said, "I'm not doing. I'm not doing what I've just went through again, but in university. You know, I'm not doing that right now." In my head, I was I was always wanting to go out to Thailand. I was supposed to go out in two thousand sixteen, but then Thailand they had a bit of a civil war kicked out and um, kicked off, and so it wasn't really ideal time to go. Yeah. But um, I said to myself, right, well, I'm going to go out to Thailand for a month or two at least, as much as I can I can afford at the moment. I'll just go out. Um, everyone said, well, what are you doing after school? I went, well, I'm going to Thailand. What do you mean you're going to Thailand? I'm going to Thailand. People are like, how did you get to Thailand? What did you do? Well, I got on a flight, got on a plane, went to Thailand, turned up, went, hiya, I'm here, trained my ass off. And then, with, I think I think you make your own luck, but you also get lucky at the same time. So the timing in which me, I went over, whilst the gym in York, I was still young, yeah, would have helped. But it was, it was um, Sanchai and, and Phil, Phil, uh, they, they both looked at me and, they, Brian called them and told them that I was going to come to the gym because Brian said I can go to any gym I want. I said I said to Brian I'm going to go to Thailand, and uh, yeah. he went. But I'm going to go to York and I went. You know you can go to any gym you want. You don't have to go to York. Don't feel like we're telling you you need to come here. Then I went. No no no. You've you've done well with you've done good by me, and you've helped me out. So I'm going to go. 
come train with you guys. I mean, the Sanchai there saying, damn, man, chat, you can't, what more could, do you want, you know? So, um, so I just got up and I left and Brian spoke to them and said, listen, he's going to come out and he's going to go hard, pull him back if he needs to be pulled back. Um, and for three weeks, I trained my absolute ass off. Um, morning and afternoon, stayed in the gym, helped clean up, sat and ate with them. Because one day I was leaving and they told me to come over and sit down and eat. So I was sitting there, shit, so Sanchez, come here, come down and sit and eat with me. Sanchez asked me yeah. to go and eat with me. I'm like, holy fuck, right, okay. Sat down, ate food with them. It was an everyday thing. And then at the end of my three weeks, they offered me to come full time. And uh, I had a bunch of fights. I had about three or four fights lined up uh, for the end of the year. 2016, I think it was, yeah. Um, no, no, 2016, I can't remember what year it was. Um, and then the, the following year in January, about a f- couple of weeks after New Year, I just got up and left. And uh, that's that's history ever since. Best part, of, best part of three years now, since then, yeah. So it's been a while. So was that the, yeah. um, then the full-time move to there at that point then? Yeah, I was out there for three months and then I fought in York again. So what it was basically split, it was breaking up as in, I would go and train in Thailand and then I'd come back and fight twice a year in the UK because I was fighting on Brian's show. So yeah. I was, um, so that broke up. So by the time I was spent three three months there and a month home because it'd be a couple of weeks before the fight and a couple of weeks after the fight, see my family, go back out again three months on, fight, come back out three months on. And then it was like over Christmas and New Year I was staying as well. So it was even longer, five, six months, seven months. Um, so yeah, it's just been a full-time thing, coming back occasionally. But the last time I was out was for a while, it was over a year. And okay. uh, like non-stop. Because um, I'd come back for like a week or two and I'd leave. But that was like solid year and a bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's basically full-time out there, yeah. Okay. So um, what's the what's the setup like over there? Are you living in the gym? Are you... Living in the gym. Living in the gym. And do they sort of open up for that? Yeah, they they kept me all out. I didn't need to worry about a thing. So there's basically there's a little there's a little shoe box just behind the. If you ever see the uh, the, the videos of Yoko in the ring, and um, there's a little shoe box, a little white. I call it shoe box because I fucking had to sleep in it. Um, <laughs> but this little box behind the ring, and there's yeah. basically a bunch of bunk beds there. It's just Thai style. It's just the same as any other like legitimate Thai boxing gym, and yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, it, when I went. They were they were extending it into the other room, but there was no beds. And I was like, they're like, oh, set you up in like a hostel or something. I went, no, that's all right. I'll sleep on the floor. I remember sleeping on the floor. There was cockroaches on me and shit like that because they'd snuck into the room because I brought stupidly brought food in with me. I didn't realise that they, they didn't get attracted. I hadn't been anywhere. Near. I hadn't been. I hadn't travelled anywhere by myself. I'd always been with family on holiday or something like that. So I just got up and left. I didn't know anything about the country. And yep. um, so yeah, slept in the gym. You wake up, open the door, the ring's right there, gym's there, put your shoes on, go run, do your training, eat, go back to your bed, sleep, because it's boiling during the day. You go back into your bed, chill out, rest, wake up again, three o'clock, get that smack in the door, lights come on, go out and run, train again, go back to your bed, and that was it for the past three years. But then after, after about a year and a bit, a year and a half, year and a half, yeah, I was like, I need to get my own space now, it's... It's like going to work and, and not leave, and then not going back home, you know. And everyone in the office is just staying next to one another. I like, I like my own space as it is. And uh, being like the only foreigner as well. There was one foreigner with us, but he left at this point. Yeah. And um, I was getting a bit fed up. 
But um, I was like, no, I'm going to get myself a partner now. And I'd already, I'd, at this point, I'd earned the respect to the ties as well, so they were like, okay with me leaving. And they were like, right. I was only just down the road, but I'd come same every day, it's the same thing. At that point, they were like, yeah, no problem, go and get your own space, you're sorted. And yeah. uh, so at that point, it was just, it was cushy, it was sorted. That was when yeah. I really settled into being in Thailand, that was my life then, you know. Sure. Okay, so obviously being, being in Thailand on your own, um, at such a young age, being mm. maybe the only only white boy there, um, must be quite daunting um, as on in itself. How did you sort of earn the respect of the ties while she was there? To, to well, I didn't of... see it as daunting. It didn't. That didn't. That didn't phase. That didn't even register in my mind. That no, I'm, no. That I'm this young kid and fucking seven thousand miles away from home, the other side of the world. Don't speak a word of Thai. Don't know anyone. Because I was there to do the job. I was there to to train. I was there to fight. So yeah. I, didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about that. My my focus was on fighting. I've it's been like that since I started the sport. I've, I was fighting guys with two, four, six years experience, and I started for two week, uh, two months. You know, so I'd say to myself, well, "What's what's two years worth of work in eight weeks? I've got eight weeks until this fight. So what's so all the all the experience that he has? How can I make up for that? Why well, don't he work my ass off, don't I? Right? Yeah. What does two years worth of work look like in six weeks? It's a fucking lot of work, isn't it? Right? You better put, tie your shoes up and get going. Yeah. So that was my mindset. I mean, I don't give, I don't care. It's, it's done. I'm going forward. And um, so when I was out there, it was just, it was all fresh and new. So it didn't really bother me. Um, it never really has. Because every time you fight, then it just goes up another level. So if there was any feeling there, it's just kind of the same way it was. So it wasn't really daunting for me, but... Um, Getting the respect to the ties was that's 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 the real the real fight, you know. The fights that you go in the rings different, you know, it's easy. When you've yeah. got the ties, they've been they've done this their entire life, you know. And uh you think you think if, if you did something since you were six years old, eight years old, you'd be fucking good at it as well. And you think this you've been doing it for eight years since you're eight years old, that's the only way you make your money and then some white boy just walks in and sparks out a tie in his first fight. And yeah. it's like, look, look at me, I'm here. Well, you, you're not going to be too happy with that either. It's not that they, were, they weren't happy with me. They just make it hard on me, you know. They wouldn't, they wouldn't just, like, let me skype past and, all oh, right, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that. But it's clinching, nice, tippy-tappy. No, 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 no. If you want to be one of us, you're going to be one of us. So they're smashing me in the clinch, smashing me in spar. Every time I spar, it's just a fight. It's still the same because I, I can't, I can't one-up, you know. If you yeah. one-up, then it's a problem. But that's just that's the same if you were to be in any other gym, and I understand that as well. I get it, right? So, but that at the same time makes me, and I like that because then it makes me better, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, that's just that's just fueling me to then make me work harder. It was um, it was just consistency. It was just whatever whatever they were throwing at me and constant rounds of pads, whatever you fight, you figure out like. When you start to show weakness, when you start to show that you're tired or you're hurt, that's when they jump on you. So you start learning the hard way and you go, right, don't fucking show that then. So you're standing hitting pads and they'll be watching you. It's not the guy hitting, holding the pads for you, but it's the other people and all sit and watch you. And as soon as you go, <gasps> you go, drop pads, clinch, monk, go, and you're going all over the place. And as soon as you start to get a bit pissed off because you're tired and you're, they're throwing you around, 
they just get harder and harder and harder. But you just keep persisting through that. You just keep your chin up, hold your ego in, you know, you don't let the ego blow out and you start punching people or whatever if you're going to lose your temper. If you're going to do that, then don't be in the gym, fuck off. You can go and do that elsewhere. Um, yeah. So it's just controlling yourself and just consistency, hard, hard, hard work, you know. Don't, not being entitled, thinking that oh, I deserve this, I deserve that, I should be getting this, I should be getting that. You should be getting fuck all. You're just the same as everyone else, you know. You do the same as everyone else. So it was it was until, so I was doing that, and uh, it was after Hong Kong, I think it was the second, it was the second Hong Kong fight. We had, uh, we've had three, I'd fought in three, uh, sorry, one Hong Kong fight before that. This is when I was just new, I'd been there for three weeks. And then they called me to fight in Hong Kong, so they were all, I was all like, just friends. How we doing? Wasn't a teammate at this point, and um, it was we were teammates, and we were all we we're all training together. And when when everyone in the gym trains together for a show, and they train together and they cut weight together, that's when you get a, a bond between people. You've, if if you've ever done it with if you and your mates fighting on the same show, and you're both training at the same time, you're both cutting weight, you're both dieting at the same time. You know, you're going out running. And then when you get to the way in, you're with, you're, with, you're together, and then you fist bump one another. When one goes out to fight, comes back, he wins. Big hug, he loses, head down, no problems. Slap the yeah. arse. Then you go out and do it. After that, you've, you've created a bit of a bond together because you've went through something quite traumatic in a certain sense. And it's quite a, it's an experience. And mm -hmm. uh, But when you do that as a group, it's even bigger, you know? And... Um, but the ties again, that's just their job. They don't think too much of it. But they they also keep an eye on you because you're training alongside them non stop. So they saw how I trained, they saw my attitude towards everything. And then when I went into fight, I was like and this was Superlight was training with us as well, Superlight and Runner I uh, training with us, the Catman Gal guys were there. So it was just everyone was in the gym, it was fucking great. And um I went in for this fight and it was a fucking war. It was a three round fight, so I just said to myself, I'm gonna go gun hole from the start. I didn't really care. I was like, I'm gonna have a war to show everyone like I can I can fight here. And um I dropped the guy in the first round with an elbow. I think I threw a body shot and then I clipped him and then I threw an overhand. I didn't even realise I hit him with the elbow. And I clipped him with the elbow and he just dropped and I'm like, oh, fuck fuck for that and I walked back. Stay down, stay down and he got up like the fucking terminator and uh, and then came right at me. So the pair of us just had a scrap for for uh, for three rounds. <laughs> After, after it, they pulled me out the, out the ring and I couldn't walk. My leg, my ankles and everything was all mangled up, my legs, and, and I was just like hobbling into the, the changing rooms. And they just threw me on the, t the table. My nose was burst, my nose was broken, my nose was burst open because I stupidly went, he was hitting me and I went, you've got no power, and I dropped my hands and he fucking burst my nose. <laughs> and, then, and I'm waiting for someone to do it again. But uh, I was lying on the, on the bench and then Sanchai's wife's like taking care of me, like, oh, are you okay? Like sticking cotton wool buds up my nose and stuff like that. <laughs> and I remember walking in and looking at them all and they all kind of looked at me and looked at my trainer at the time, man up, like, how was he? And he went, mm, good, 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 good. They went, big heart, big heart. And they went, ah, okay. And they all just turned and be like, that's you, you're sorted. Yeah. And then after that, they just, they would come around and put their arm over me and go, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Right, okay. They do that normally, but like in a different, a different sort of way. It's hard to explain. After that fight, they, they kind of clicked. They went, right, this boy's here to stay. He's not just here for a holiday. not just here to post up on Instagram. Look at me, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He's actually doing it, you know. Um, they realised I was genuine, not not phony. Yeah, sure. 
Um, so so it's, it's hard to explain how to do it, but it's you just have to you have to live it basically. You just have to yeah. live it. Same thing. If I'm putting it, it in the yeah. Okay, so um, obviously fighting into such a big brand um, provides a lot of exposure for you, which is obviously a good thing because it's took you to a, a new level. Mm -hmm. But in, at the same time, does that sort of provide a little bit of pressure for yourself as well? Eh, again, I don't really think too much of it, to be honest. It's it's not that I'm avoiding it. I know that it's there. I know it's there, you know? I know there's this, this quote-unquote pressure or this um, standard or uh, expectations of other people. I don't worry about expectations of other people. People will always think things of you and want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to be in this way. Same way as when I meet people and they, they, they realise I'm not what they thought I was like, you know? If I was yeah. constantly trying to, to appease other people's expectations of me, I wouldn't be anywhere, you know? Or I wouldn't be who I am today, I'd be some other phony trying to be trying to be liked by other people. I might be able to get more followers and stuff like that by doing it this, this way or that way, but that's just being a snake, you know? I just want to be genuine, you know? So whatever I post or whatever I say or whatever I do is just what I genuinely think and feel, you know? So um, so for in terms of the uh, pressure, yeah, yes and no, because you, you do feel it. You feel it just before the fight, basically. I don't really feel anything until just before the fight and I go, holy fuck, what am I doing? I've got all these people looking at, watching me and expect me to do well. People that follow me and I help them or I help that. People back home, what, am I gonna, what are they going to think if I don't do well? But at the end of the day, if you sit there and think about that, you're, you're not focused on the task at hand. You know, if you're, if you're looking, same with the belts, I'll put them in the, the, the wardrobe and throw them away. Right? Because if I'm looking at them, I'm looking at the past. I'm not looking at the future, and I'm not looking at the present moment. So yeah. if I'm not here now, then I can't get more of this, you know. So that gets put to the behind. Whatever people's expectations of me gets put behind. I have to focus on what I'm doing here, and my own expectations of myself also has to get put behind as well. That's the biggest thing. So it's not other people. The pressure of other people. It's the pressure that I put myself under. Is the yeah. is the is the the hardest thing for me because I was very. I'm very very um strong with myself let's put it that way <laughs> and uh so it was the pressure i put on myself under that was the biggest thing not not so much for the platform these things are it's part of the sport you want to be you're aiming to get that big that that highest level you know which the eyes just then naturally come um so i'm not too worried about the pressure of other people watching me that, that actually motivates me more if i know there's other people watching me and i know there's my friends and family that supported me. My mates were in uh, university in a lecture and all of his mates were sitting watching the phone whilst they in a fucking lecture watching me fight. You know, I was fighting in Hong Kong, they were sitting watching me doing that. That motivates me more than than being scared of thinking, oh, all these people are watching me, I'm going to do shit. If, if anything, it actually fuels me and I think that's the, the best way to be. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so how, how does the, the, uh, the lifestyle and the training in Thailand compared mm. to what you was doing in the UK, would you say it's a lot a lot harder um, than you was than what you was doing in the UK? Yeah, well, of course, it's got a hundred percent harder than what I was doing in the UK. Like, um, well, to, the main thing that was the hardest was just the volume, sheer volume of training. 
three hours yeah. in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, it's a lot for your body to take taking its toll, you know. Even in the UK, not many people do three hours straight, three hours straight, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, there's no, there's no, there's not a lot of signs to the training over there. It's just the way they do things. So they've just been bred to do it that way. So they've got this huge work capacity that, that I didn't have. I could go hard and go strong, go strong, excuse me, and, but I would need time to recover. I, I need longer to recover. But you don't get that time. And if you miss a, a session, you're a dick for a lifetime, you know. So you just need yeah. to buckle, buckle down and get working, you know. And then the heat, obviously, is a big thing. It took me maybe the first year. And then after that, the heat didn't bother me. Um, it would take me two weeks when I would arrive. Two weeks to fully acclimatise. It would just fuck me. And um, But again, you still have to train every day, every morning, every afternoon. Sorted. You know, you just need to buckle, uh, buckle down. You don't, you can't sit there and make excuses. Otherwise, they just push you off to the side. Right? You're not, you're not here for that. You know, you bite down. You just keep going. So, hundred percent, it was harder. It was more volume, higher intensity. Because in Yorkshire, they they train fucking hard. You know, like um, that was what I was surprised about. I've heard a lot of gyms are quite relaxed and quite easy going. It's tippy tappy and the back and forth. And you see guys hitting pads and like. Eh. And they come back and they look want to make themselves look nice and cool. I couldn't possibly do that. Like, and in there, they want you to go as hard as you possibly can, but with maintaining as much technique as you possibly can. So they want you to look good, but also be strong and everything in one. You know, they don't want they're not just the gym to being just being smart, but they're not strong, or being really strong and then not smart. You know. They're a mix between the two. Because you've got Singdam and you've got Sanchai. Singdam's also very, very smart. You've got Sanchai's IQ and then Singdam's strength. You put that together, you're sorted, yeah. you know. So it was much harder, yes. And um, a lot more volume than I was used to. Um, but again, you just adapt. You Your body gets used to it over time. What, what before used to kill you is now your warm-up, you know. Mm -hmm. And that comes with injuries and... Like my shins now, my my right foot is bigger than my left foot now because of the the bones calcified on top because of hitting all the pads and the bags and then the fights and stuff like that. Um, my shins are a bit mangled just from the amount of running that I've been doing as well. Um, but then they're all calcified, so they're fucking solid. Um, but you just get on with it. It's just part of the sport. If you don't if you don't want that, then don't do it. You know, I'm there, for, and it was my choice to go out there. You don't enjoy it, don't fuck off then, you know. You don't get along with ties, you don't want this, I don't want that, then it's your choice to be there. Leave, you know. Simple as that. <laughs> Buckle down, keep going. There's yeah. not a lot of sympathy. <laughs> you don't get a lot of sympathy that? from me out there. You don't get a lot of sympathy. Nah. You've got to be straight up, that's how you get far in, in, within a sport like this. Though. You've got to be straight up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so training alongside Sancho and Singdam, Mm. Uh, is a big achievement. Are they are they right beside you along the way in your yeah. career? Yeah. 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 So they're always there as like a mentor. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm closest with with um, Sanchez like more of the like these at the top. So they like have their own hierarchy as well. You know, competency yeah. hierarchy. But like, so we have a competency hierarchy. If you want the best plumber, you you want to buy the best plumber. Uh, hire the best plumber that could do the best job. In Thai boxing, there's a dominance and a competency hierarchy where it's, you have to be dominant, like physically dominant, to beat someone, but you also have to be competent in terms of 
your mental game as well. So you have to be smart. So they have this dominance hierarchy and competence hierarchy where Sanchez is at the top of the gym and then sing down and then it goes down and goes down and goes down and then everyone okay. kind of falls into place. But that's just like anywhere in, in, in Thailand. They have that. Yeah. The, if you look at the, the police or the government and stuff like that, they, they have the, comp, the hierarchies, you know. Um, it's just a different culture. Again, if you don't like the culture, fuck off, you know. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. you're, you're, you're a guest there. Simple as that, you know. You can't go, oh, this isn't, it's not like, back in Scotland, it's not like this. Well, you're not in Scotland. Go back then, you know. Yeah. It's, um, that's, the way it's, that's the way it's done. He is the best. People know he's the best. So they give him that respect, you know. Same what we do as well. There's only reason why we bow down to Sanchai and we want to learn from him and stuff like that. Because he is the best. That's a dominance hierarchy. That's a hierarchy. Competency mm-hmm. hierarchy. But it's both in, both together. So it's just we do the exact same to them as well, because we know they're they're so good. So it's just the exact same thing. So they, Sanchez is a bit more distant, but he'll come over and 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 give me tips and stuff like that, and he'll watch me training, and I'll sit and watch him train. So he is right there. We mean Singdam are a lot closer. We've we've gotten a lot closer over the years. In the past past two years, we've been real close. Because the more I was then able to speak the language, I would be trained. Because me and Singdam fought quite a few times together. So like I was yeah. talking about before, how you get that bond together with your training and cutting weight together. Um, so me and Singdam get along really well. And um, so he's been like my, my main main sort of um, mentor, would you say. Um, before that, maybe, maybe Manop, which was Sanchez's trainer before, but he he's now left and went opened his own gym. Um, so I got a lot, I got a lot of stuff off of him. He was really, he was one of the best trainers I've ever had in my life and um, so he really like showed me the way and was teach, t- teaching me about the culture as well I would do something and he'd go no 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 don't do that I, he, was, he was lying on the floor one day and I, I like walked over and I nudged him with my foot like you do here when you're playing football you kick someone in the leg and he went oh, no no no, no not with your feet you know like Thailand it's your feet's the dirty like up here Buddha and I went oh shit right okay sorry so then he would teach me things like that um, thing that I'm saying I would I would mouth off after training or whatever. I would fucking need me right in the nuts or whatever and I couldn't get to him. Saying, shh, sorry, done. Right. right, okay, understood. And he would come over and speak to me and we'd sit and chat. So, uh, so Singdam's probably my, my closest out there. And Jack, his brother, the trainer, uh, trains Manichines in Sunshine now. We're, I'm quite yeah. close to those two. Okay, that's good, man. It's, it's, it's good being alongside them, really, because they're the top of... They're the top of the sport, so there ain't many yeah. people who have lived it, man. It's, I remember asking Sing, at Singdam, I went, how old were you when you had won your first Lumpini title? You went, mm. uh, 16. Went, no way. <sighs> oh, fuck it. Bloody hell, man. Yeah. There's some levels to this shit. <laughs> it's mental, like, you don't, you just don't, it's, you can't fathom what they've went through, you know? You don't, you don't even consider a tie unless they've had over 100 fights. That's not yeah. hundred fights, you know. Yeah, like, you've got it's just huge respect for them. It's he's been through everything, and then for him to like look at me and go, right, well, I'll give him, I'll give this kid a, like my time, and I'll speak to him and I'll help him and I'll show him how to kick the bag and I'll show him how to do this. I'm sure how to do that, and uh, but they won't show you everything. You've got to do that as well, you know. Yeah. Even to this day, if I go over and I spar with one of them, they're all screaming at. The tie, they'll all, te- they'll all shout at the tie, right? In between rounds, so I'll like go and get a drink of water. It'll be my trainer that'll just chuck some water on me and he'll say something. 
and the whole fucking gym are shouting at the tag, do this, do this, do this. And I'm sparring with Sangdam, and they're all shouting at Sangdam, no, do this, catch the kick, throw the... Motherfucker, tell me! This guy's <laughs> 400 fights. Don't, don't yeah. tell him what to do. Tell me what to do. I'm the one getting the shit kicked myself. And uh, but that's, again, it's just the, the friendly rivalry, but it's good though, because we would have a, a scrap and then after it, just give a big hug and then you go and sit and have food together, you know? And I've just had, technically just had a fight with fucking Sangdam every day, every other week. I just refused to, spar uh, to clinch with him though. See, every time he'd want to clinch, I go, no, 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 <laughs> fuck off, fuck off. Because he just grabbed me and there's nothing you can do. He is the strongest human being I've ever met in my life. Ridiculous. It's like a five-year-old trying to wrestle with his dad. It's just not happening. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Might as well wipe, me, wipe his arse with me. Ridiculous. Yeah. They look strong. Um, okay, so obviously Yakao's took you all over the world with um, mm. seminars and things like that. You've had some good opportunities. One of the questions someone asked me to, to ask you was, what is, what is going on with the sparring videos? What, what has everyone got hard on for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, really. It was, um, well, people were piping up about how oh, they shouldn't be doing that, they shouldn't be doing that, they should have respect for them, they should be respecting them. To do it. Why, why should they respect me? Like, I'm not one of the ties, you know? I'm... I'm not this huge name, whatever. I'm there to, to to give them a service, put on a show, you know. So there is a level of respect you want to get from that. But I didn't. I think it would be a lot. It would have been a bigger a bigger problem if I had a bigger ego and I was more entitled. And I went, well, why aren't these guys respecting me? They shouldn't be doing that to me, you know. All this, this, and that. They should be trying to knock me out. Put it that way, right? But I've also yeah. got to to hold myself back. My whole fucking life I'm holding myself back. I don't want to just blow up. When I blow up it's not good for anyone, right? And uh and it was the when the first boy elbowed me. I took it as an accident. I went he went I was slapping and you see in the video I'm going bum, bum, and I'm slapping my I'm strong the start of the, the spar it was a piss take. Although at the start of the the, the spar I touched gloves and he threw a kick at me and there's a video of it and he smashes me with this kick and I caught it and I looked at him and I went, Really? And I put him in the air and I chucked him onto the deck and he landed on his back and he spun and I spun him around by my hand and then pretended to do the people's elbow and I landed on the deck and I got a big laugh. Ah, ah, ah. ah right, very good. Back to normal. Back to having a laugh. So yeah. I'm slapping him and I'm going bum, 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 bum. And he, he lifts his elbow up and he catches me in the eyebrow and I go, I'm going, whoa, 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 fucking elbow. And he went, he went. Fucking hell. And I looked at him and I went, that was when I went, Okay. No, it wasn't like a, oh shit, sorry mate, like, you know if you've accidentally hit someone with an elbow or you've accidentally need them in the balls or something, you go, fuck, sorry mate, you know, or even yeah. if you've dropped them with a punch or you've hit them something really hard, you go, shit, my bad. He just went, mm. fucking hell, where was it And I went, okay, but, okay, and he hit me again, I went, right, okay, that's it, bang, 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 but then in my head I'm saying, don't knock him out, if you knock him out, you're a dick. But then in my head I'm saying, but if I get beaten up, that's not good either. <laughs> so, so I'm in the middle. Of, I'm in the middle here. I'm going. If I knock him out, I'm a prick. Yeah. Everyone's going fucking. It's just not good. I can't spark people out in a seminar. Come, come and see watch that guy in a seminar and a white boy will spark you out. Yeah. And then if I get beaten up as well, like that's not good either. You know. <laughs> so I think, I think in a lot of their minds was, 
who the fuck's this boy? Right? We know who he is. If I beat him up, maybe Yorko would put me on their show. And I thought, yeah. so that was what we were thinking as well. We're like, maybe they think, oh, if we beat Spencer up, they'll get a fight in Yorko, or, or, or I'll just disappear and then they'll come into where I was, you know? I mean, I just had to, again, swallow my, my, my ego and just kind of take it as it came and give everyone the benefit of the doubt, touch gloves, okay, play, 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 whack, okay, motherfucker, you know? But at the same time, I wasn't going all out either because I didn't want to, to knock people out. But it got to the point, near the end, I was just, I was saying, like, joking before, I, I had to wrap my hand because I'd fucked my wrist. Um, and I said, like, this is just a precaution. If one of you guys wants to have a fight, don't start it, otherwise I'm, I can actually hit you now because I've got pads on, uh, wraps on. And then there would always just be one guy. And it got to the point where I was actually like looking about, trying to assess which asshole would hit me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, would hit me hard. But um, it was never the one I thought it was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, I just, I'm not the kind of guy to hold grudges or to, yeah, my ego's not that big that I'm, I feel entitled that no one should ever be doing something like that to me and I'm, I'm going to, I can kill them or whatever, I'm going to fucking smash them. I was out there to do a job and I was out there enjoying myself. There's always going to be negative people about. There's always going to be people that want to see you do, not do so well. There's always people like that. So you, the less airtime you give them, the better. So I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking too much about them. I mean, it was frustrating at the time. The more and more it happened, it was fucking annoying, you know. And um, But we all just laughed at it as well. We'd come back and me and Stefan and I would just laugh. Um, I was taking it as a compliment, basically, you know. But, um, yeah, it just became a meme then. I just turned it into a meme. It was something negative, and I thought, well, I can make fun of this, you know. And me, my yeah. personality is just to take piss out of things. If it's if something's negative or taboo that's happened to me, I'll just take piss out of it, you know. So, um, so I just made it a meme and basically just took the piss out. I don't know who the guy is. I don't know. I don't have men in Instagram or whatever. He's not reached out. Whatever. I don't fucking want him to. There was death threats when I was in Nashville because of the the video. It went because it went viral, and then the shit I was talking as well. Apparently on YouTube, I didn't I didn't see it until I was home, and I was I, I just started rewatching the YouTube videos when they put them all together, and I thought I'd look at the comments to see that was when I got elbowed. <laughs> and I was getting death threats. There was like, there's a hit out on Spencer, and that that was my boy, in Nashville. I think it was Nashville, yeah, Nashville. There was a hit out on Spencer. We're gonna get him and stuff like that. And I'm lying in the house going, <laughs> so I started taking a piss out and making videos like, where is he? And I'm looking under the bin. I don't know where the fuck he is now. You just gotta make it positive. You if you if you just sit there and get a sour grape up your ass, you're not gonna. It's not a nice way to live. So. When it comes to the people hitting me, it was probably I'm being the only white boy next to Sanchez. You think who the fuck's this guy? Let's test them. That's it. I didn't think too much of it after that. Yeah. Right then. Um, let's just get some of these questions answered that people have asked. Coming up to the hour now, so we'll just keep right. this brief. Um, first one. What's what's happened with your injury? Uh, how come you haven't been fighting at the mo at the moment? So basically, well, that's a long one. Um, I've been getting these flashes of light in my eye, in my in my vision, 
um, top right hand corner of my eye. It's like a perfect circle. It's like a halo getting formed, essentially, right? And um, I, I do not know exactly when it started. I only remember it happening. It was it, no, it wasn't. It didn't happen in America. It was only America when I figured out what it, it could have been. So people think I got a concussion in, in America. I didn't get a fucking concussion in Edinburgh. No one hit me that hard, you know. Mm-hmm. One guy clocked me, but he didn't hit me hard. But I saw anything. I just kind of doof, doof, okay. Now you're getting your ass beat. Um, so I never got a concussion in 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 America. This was before, so I fought in Dublin before that one, and um, I'm most no no. I think no. I fought in Dublin after that one. This is probably um, I fought in Sydney before that. It happened some way after that, so it was with it was within training and fighting as well. There's been an accumulation, but they they, they also said that um, this might not be just one thing. So it's not that I've had it just one fight or had it one training session. This could be years in advance since I was 16, since I was 14, when I was sparring in the gym, going all out on guys, and guys that are 90 kilos, and I remember I got dropped by a 90 kilo guy when I was 15 years old, because I was fucking having a scrap with him. I didn't care how big or tall you were, how heavy you were, I didn't give a fuck. And um, rugby as well, I've got a few concussions in rugby. So this, this is like a, an accumulation thing. And um, so the, the consensus is it's concussions. Okay. We, I went through all these tests and we, first we thought it was a detached retina, well, a, a torn retina. A torn retina is the, generally the, the um, telltale sign is like flash of light. But my flashes of light is like very specific and it's not the way that they thought. So I went into the hospital in, in Thailand and they said I had holes in my eyes and stuff like this and my retina was stunning and it was going to detach. It was gonna, if you detach, you basically lose your eyesight within 24 hours. If you don't get it reattached within 24 hours, you lose your eye sight, basically. So if you have, you yeah. see Michael Bisping pop his eye out, right? That's because he got a detached retina, and then it, he, they got it fixed. Then it detached again. Then it got infected, so he's, he lost his eye. He got glaucoma, lost his eye. So they're like, right, you've got a detached retina. Uh, a fucked retina. You need to get it fixed. I went, right, okay, I'll go to another hospital. And they said my eye was fine. Bro, sorry to put in, but we're in the last 30 seconds. Oh fuck. I'm okay. Do I just quickly conclude that? Right, uh, I'm okay. It's basically just concussions. Um, got MRI and everything. It's just, I just need to wait until this flash of light is gone. But uh, I'll be back fighting next year. Okay. All things going well. That's been amazing, bro. Thank right, you for doing that. No problem. Well, appreciate you. Yeah. Cheers, See you soon, bro. Take care. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in guys, I hope you enjoyed that one, I think that was quite a good insight into Spencer and once again just thanks for all the support that I'm getting on the page um, week in week out, it really does make a difference um, to what I'm doing. Of course next week we will be live again, Um, stay posted, looking on the page and I will be releasing who I will be going live with next week Um, and and believe me you're going to enjoy it, it's going to be another big one, see you soon.